Welcome to the May Contain Wine Podcast, brought to you by Wine, Women, and Wellbeing. I'm your host, Lisa Webb, and together we're going to get to know incredible women doing all kinds of interesting things. So grab a glass and get ready to be inspired by the amazing women in our global community. Hello, everyone. In today's episode, you are going to hear from someone who truly changed the trajectory of their life by stepping into their purpose. Now, if this sounds like something that interests you, if you want more out of your life, if you're needing a nudge, a push, some support, we are here. We have something for you. Starting on October 18th, we have a cohort of 10 women who will be gathering with myself, Lisa Webb, and we will be running a six-week mentorship program. If you want to build confidence, banish self-limiting beliefs, work on goals, and how to actually act on those goals so that you can make these incredible changes in your life so you can live your purpose, head to winewomenwellbeing.com. Check out the mentorship button to find out how you can join us. Don't wait. It's starting soon. I hope to see you there. All right, let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Today, I am here with Talisha Joseph. She is the founder and CEO of The Official Glue. She is a seasoned networking strategist and corporate facilitator. She has created a developmental agency committed to assisting corporations in building long-term, high-engaging relationships by developing the glue between curiosity and interest within the corporate system, networking systems. Hello, Talisha. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. <laughs> I'm so excited that you're here. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about what it is that you do for anyone who doesn't know what that means? Absolutely. So in a nutshell, I help people learn how to network effectively. I am a networking strategist. I've been doing this for five years on paper. And I always say on paper because I feel like I've been doing this since I was six. So I'm just putting people together and making strategic plans on how those connections can be made. Mm -hmm. I find that so interesting because so at Wine, Women and Wellbeing, we're all about building community. And so we just started having events to build community, to bring women together. And then networking kind of became a happy accident that would happen at these events for people who showed up to build community. So networking community kind of go hand in hand. There may be a little bit different. Uh, we can talk about that in a bit. But I mean, how did you start doing that? Um, so I really started because I have a history of hospitality. So I've been in the hospitality and industry for, woo, I, I'm stating my age now, like 20 years. And um, what I realized is that in hospitality, people don't really understand the power of networking. There's no networking. There's just action, reaction, action, reaction. So a lot of opportunities for growth are missed because we're not consciously networking and we haven't built a strategy on how that's going to happen within the corporate setting. So my final stint at work, I was um, I was a bartender and I had a, a co-worker and I tell this story. He's going to get me one day. He's going to hear this and he's going to be like, you told this story. But 
he was going to a marketing job fair. And I asked him, I said, okay, do you have, let me, let me see your resume. And he, he gave me this, this white resume with black writing and it was just like bland. And then he came out, he was all dressed, but he had on like khaki pants and a blue button up shirt. And I said, you're going to a marketing job fair? Like, you're not going to get this job. <laughs> you're, it, you're just, it's just not going to happen for you. And it clicked. It just clicked for me. It's like, you know, it's networking. It's that thing that's not clicking. It's I'm going to have my resume. I'm going to go looking professional, but I'm not bringing myself or my values to the table. So the opportunity is gone. And I said, this is what I have to do. I have to teach people how to learn how to network because without it, we're missing a lot of opportunities for advancement. We're going to be running coffee. So are we doing it wrong? Like, what am I doing wrong? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the one thing that people get wrong in networking is not having a plan, not having a strategy. Um, we we kind of just leave it up to chance. I love that you said like, you know, networking is a happy accident that happens in our community, but it shouldn't be an accident. It shouldn't accidentally happen. It should be um, a part of the plan, a part of the system, really implementing networking into the activities and squeezing it into everything um, to get more opportunities within that community. So it, it's it's strategy. And I think people really are like, man, you know, I'm networking, I'm getting a lot of results, but imagine if you applied a strategy to how you are networking, how much more you would get. So if there's someone who owns their own small business, let's say, and they have, they have a team, how are they, what should they be doing? Like what's a hot tip for them that could really change how they can network within their company? Well, the first thing I would say is the messaging. I think as far as corporation is concerned, I don't think that corporations drive their message enough. So the employees don't know what the corporate mission is and they could never advocate for it. So when they go out into the world and network and people ask them, well, what do you do? They're like lost. They have no idea how to answer that question because the corporation didn't empower them with the message. They didn't tell them. They didn't give them a title. Or um, so when we are sharing our message, which people are like, oh, this is your elevator pitch. The elevator pitch and the message are two different things, right? The message is there to create interest and or curiosity. At the height of it, you want people to be curious about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. The elevator pitch is really to present an offer. That's what it is. So in corporate setting, it's we don't know what our corporate message is. Like the employees have no idea what the message or the mission is behind the company. We're just working there and doing the thing. When people ask us what we do, we come up with our own version of what that is. So it's broken. The network within the corporation is broken because the company didn't give us the message to share. They didn't say, okay, here's what we do. Here's how we're going to impact people. This is what we're doing at work every day. So if someone asks you, what are you doing? You have an answer. And the power in it is that everyone's answer should be almost the same. Because if we go to a networking event as a group and people ask us, what do we do? It should repeat. 
by every person. The only difference is the title and the name of the person. That should be the distinguishing difference. It's like, oh, I'm the accountant at XYZ firm and we do ABC. Mm -hmm. And it should always sound the same. I think the power in networking is broken because we're not empowering people with the words. Okay, so we live in a new world since 2020. And a lot of organizations, companies, small businesses, we are working in a different way. We've moved online. Um, work can exist from home now. I mean, there's good and bad to these changes that have come. What has that done for networking? Can we still network when we are working through our computers and our phones? Absolutely. I think that's a myth to say that networking is only an in-person thing. Networking happens whenever you're engaging. So, you know, commenting in social media is networking. If you're if you're strategic about your comments, you know, posting on stories is networking. Putting up something on your feed is networking. All of it is networking. Um, and on that side, I think, especially for small businesses, it's really important to respond. Like the engagement piece is so important. Um, I think we get so caught up in making sure we're doing all the work that we forget to include the people in our work. And networking is a part of our job. It's it's part of our system. So just like we would have a strategy on how we're going to put together a podcast, we should have a strategy on how we're going to bring together our community, how we're going to refer people from our community to other people, how we're going to engage people within and outside of our community, how are we going to empower other people to share our community? Like all of this requires a strategy. Do you think that there's a strong um, platform? Like, do you think that one platform online is better than another platform for someone who might be an entrepreneur or trying to grow their business in the online space? Do you have a preferred social media platform of choice? No, I don't have one of choice. I think, um, so I connect with a lot of people and, you know, I have clients that do all types of things and it really depends on what your goals are, where you would, where you would invest your time, what platform it, it's the same thing with, with in-person networking, right? If like you have to find organizations that are going to align with your vision for your business. So think of YouTube or Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Twitter, Clubhouse even, their own organizations and which one is uh, closely aligned with the vision of your business. So that would be the one that you would invest a lot of your time, energy and effort into. And the thing is that we always hear like, you need to diversify your palette, be on every social media platform. But every social media platform has its own way of communicating. So if the communication isn't aligned with your business, you're not going to see, um, it's not going to be effective for you to put time and energy and effort into that, right? I'm not on YouTube. Why? Because I don't think it's it's going to make a difference in my business. Like, I'm not a tips girl. I'm not the girl who's going to get on camera every day and give you networking tips. That's not what I do. I love Instagram because it allows me to go live and I can just fly off the handle, share my immediate thoughts, 
I can write some copy because I love to write, you know, I love to like write my thoughts in copy. And so it allows me to show up in my authentic self doing the things that I love, but moving my business forward. I love LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn because I get to share my corporate knowledge in that space. I get an opportunity to share the statistics of networking in that space. And it has really grown my business a lot. Like I've gotten many opportunities from LinkedIn, but I'm not on Twitter because for me, Twitter's just gossip. I don't like it. So it doesn't really work for me. And I don't think that we need to be on every platform. I think we need to find the one that is going to be the driver for our business, focus on that one and repurpose from that one to the next one that may be closely aligned with our business. I think having about maybe three at max to manage as a small business is, is a sweet spot. Can you tell us a little bit about the official glue? Uh, meaning like company or, yeah, the, or company the name? That, yeah, so actually we, both. The name. Oh. Let, let's start with um, the name and what it became. Okay, so... The name was actually given to me by clients. So I told you I worked in the hospitality industry and my clients will always tell me, you're the glue girl, you stick everything <laughs> together. Because I would literally take the menu away and, and we would really have a whole conversation about what they're going to eat. They weren't allowed to look at the menu um, at, the, at, at some point. So I was like, oh, that's something I think. I think that's something. And when I just started to think about what I wanted to do with my business, I was like, you know, this glue thing has really been in my family for a long time. My grandmother would say, you know, you you guys are the glue of your family and, um, you know, always stick together. You don't, my, my grandmother would be like, you don't need friends. Your family is your friends, right? <laughs> so it's always been like, a, a underarching concept for me. So when I was like, oh, what are you going to name your business? It was hands down. It just had to be. It was like ordained my name. And so when I thought about what I wanted to do, it was crazy because the idea really came to me from a Netflix. <laughs> I watched the Tony Robbins, um, Not Your Guru on Netflix. And I was like, this guy, he just has so much energy. And I'm like, if he could do it, I could do it. So I started thinking like, yeah, I'm going to be a life coach. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a life coach. I'm going to fix everybody's life. It's going to be great. <laughs> and then I enlisted my two best friends to be my first clients. I'm like, you guys are going to let me fix your life, right? <laughs> and so we did that. And I quickly realized life coaching is not the thing that I want to do because I'm not going to fix nobody's life. It's too, too frustrating for me to try to fix your life. I can fix my own life. <laughs> and so... I did a, a introscope. I wrote down every memory that I can remember from my youngest age, like everything that I went back to, like, I think the youngest I could really have vivid memories was two years old. So I just wrote down everything, like everything up until this point. And then I started to like connect the dots to, to figure out like, what am I great at? What have I been really good at since I was young? And it's this connections. It's, it's really networking. I've always had this um, this ability to see 
special characteristics in people and really guide them to the space that they can shine, right? And so I thought about glue and, you know, my favorite activity in school was art. And I remember this art project that I had in fifth grade where the teacher told us to color on a paper crayon and then we cover it with glue so it can shine. So it could be really clear and glossy. And I was like, this is it. This is 100% it. I'm, I'm living in my purpose. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. I am going to teach people how to network effectively so that they can shine like glue. And, yes. and so that is the story of glue. <laughs> so do you do this for small businesses? Do you do it for corporate? It was, it was crazy. Cause I started out with like, I don't know who I'm doing this for. I'm just doing it because everybody needs to network. Right. And then I got into the small business circuit. So I started with that and then I got into the speaking thing. So I wind up just going and speaking. And then I started doing some corporate facilitating. So it's just been going along and moving on its own. I I've think just that been message is so important. I want to go back to that. You said, I didn't know who I was going to do it for. You knew what you wanted to do. You had an, a name, you had an idea, but you didn't know who it was going to be for. And I think that Oftentimes people get caught up in that. They are like, oh, I can't start this. I can't do that because I don't know the end game. I don't know how I'm going to make the money or pay the bills. So I have to do this job that I still hate or that I know that maybe there's something more because I don't know the end game. And I love that you said, I didn't know who I was going to do it for, but I just knew I had to do it. And I think there's so much power in that. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really believe in niching. I don't. I mean, I, I like have a whole love hate relationship with the word niche. I think um, I think it's purposeful in, in some instance, like niching is good. But I think that we take it to the extreme, like at small businesses, we want to just really put ourselves in this small little container box of, you know, I only serve women. I only serve women in Florida. I only serve women in Florida who has braids. I only, like, we go so far down the rabbit hole. And, you know, I remember in the beginning where I would say, yeah, it's for everybody. And people would try to talk me out of that. They'd be like, you can't serve everybody. You got to find your person. I'm like, no, networking doesn't have a gender, a race, a creed. It doesn't have any of these things. So I'm not going to limit who I can help. If I can help people from a stage, I will do it. If I can help people from a computer, I will do it. If I can help people in a corporate setting, I will do it. I'm not going to limit my opportunities because you say that I need to find this box. Like I'm doing this because I'm trying to get out the box. Like I was in a corporate box for years where they told me who I could talk to, how long I could talk to them. I would get in trouble for helping. Like um, I remember I worked at a company and they were like, you spend too much time on the phone with your clients. I'm like, well, they need help. And I don't care how long it takes. We just got to get them to a point where they're not calling back and screaming, right? And so when I decided to run my business, I said, I'm not living in the container. If I wanted to be in a container, I would get back in the corporate box. I don't want to live in a container. I don't start work at nine o'clock like everyone else. I don't end at five like everyone else. I don't do things like everyone else. And I'm happy. I'm satisfied. So 
I really am trying to get people to a point where they are satisfied with the business that they are running and getting outside of this corporate mentality that we have to have this singular identity for our business and the people that we want to serve. If your company can serve everyone, everyone is your avatar. It is. Like I had a lady come to me because she, uh, she had like this clean shampoo and her, her website was so feminine and her words were so feminine. I'm like, but does it men and kids wash their hair? They'll have hair. <laughs> so, so why are you only targeting women if everybody can use shampoo? And I think men probably want to keep their hair a lot more than women. <laughs> women get to an age and they're like, cut it off, cut it off. Men are like, please, glue it on, glue it on, <laughs> right? So I, I think that we just get so caught up in, in these ideas because we've listened to too much radio and 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 read too many books. And now we're just like, it's this way or nothing. And it's like, I'm challenging you. Challenge people, get outside the box, be creative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Talisha, what struggles have you had along the way or challenges in a different way on starting your own business? Oh, I think I honestly, I do believe that I was really like blessed. Like, I think this, this business found me. I didn't find it because the second thing that I did once I realized, oh, I want to start a business, um, the first thing I did was I was still working in my corporate job and I would take my lunch breaks and I challenged myself to talk to like strangers. I was like, I'm just going to talk to strangers because this is going to be a requirement of my job to talk to strangers. I'm not really comfortable with talking to strangers. So I need to challenge myself to talk to strangers. And I said, when I get to 20, I'm quitting my job. So I talked to 20 strangers on the 20th person. I walked into my job and I said, I quit. And that was the wow. end of it. I quit. And then the second thing I did was I got a mentor. And it was crazy because I found my mentor and I used to work together. And I, I ran into her at Cooper's Heart Hawk. It's a wine company here. And I was like, you, you live here? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, I want you to mentor me. And that was it. So I really subsided a lot of the the challenges in the beginning of like the setup of a business like you know a lot of people go into business and they don't they don't know that they need a message or they don't know that they need to llc they don't know that they need their ein they don't know these system things and i wouldn't have known that either if i didn't seek out a mentor but i'm like i need one i need a mentor or somebody to help me so i'm not wasting time like i don't want to waste time trying to figure it out like, I just want to find somebody who's done it and then they can teach me what to do. And so I did that. And I think the biggest challenge that I have and still the current challenge is networking means something different to every person. Like everybody has a different idea of what networking is. So for me, it's challenging that people don't understand what networking truly is at the core. Like people get in, in um, circumstances like networking is connection. It's like, oh, you know, I'm networking because I talked to you, we exchanged business cards and now we're connected. So we networked, but nothing was exchanged. Nothing happened. So it really wasn't networking. And so really getting people to understand what true networking is and 
and letting them know that there's optimal results here and you don't have to work so hard. You, you really don't. At some point, it just becomes this momentous thing where people are just pouring into your life. It, it's great. Um, and it doesn't take forever. And so that would be the biggest challenge because people find success in the actions that they're doing now. But it's trying to get people to understand that there's there's greater success to be had if you build a strategy around your networking. Okay, and you say, I heard you say true networking. If you wanted to give me one tip on how to be a pro true networker, what would you tell me to do? I would say always think about what's in it for me. Always, always think about what's in it for me. Networking at its core is an exchange and something has to be exchanged while networking. And I think that we get so caught up in money. Like, um, so I'll, I'll actually give you another tip. Always think about what's in it for me and don't don't ever go into a networking situation thinking that your client is in the room. They're not. No clients, none of your clients are in the room. It's the, is it, so then this is me just guessing. So it's the connections that I make that will lead to the clients. Is that what you're saying? The connections that you make will lead to the clients. They're, they're you know, everybody in a networking event is looking for the same outcome. Everybody in there is shopping their business, Right. We're all networking to shop our business. So if you know that everyone in the room is there to shop their business, you have to in empower everyone in the room to shop your business for you. That's networking. So you have to think about what's in it for me and sharing what you want out of the deal and then offering an exchange opportunity for the person that you want to share your business. Um, networking really is a space to build advocacy. And I think that we go in, into networking events just thinking like, what, what could happen here? Well, the what could happen here is you could get a whole lot of people to advocate for your business once we leave here. If they understand what you do and you share your message with them and it's a transferable message, not any message, something that they can leave with. So Words have to stick in their mind. They have to remember what you said so that when they come across someone who triggers those words, they can say, oh my God, I just met this amazing woman named Lisa and she said that she does exactly what you need. <laughs> right. You so, so you're saying we need to be more vocal because I know a lot of people say, well, oh, I don't want to take up too much space or I don't want to take out too much of someone's time and oh, I'll just let them know who I am and we're, we we want to be very kind and not, you know, so you're saying get out of the passenger seat, take the driver's seat, use your voice and, and really take up space, be bold. Yeah, yeah, take up space. But um, I think an, another golden rule and, and especially when it comes to messaging is that you don't want to over talk like there is a sweet spot to speaking right. and you don't want to over talk because when you do you are diluting your message you're not empowering you're actually removing the ability for someone to share what it is that you do so when you talk too much you're taking away the essence of the share 
I can't remember anything that you said. You're only giving me like a crumb. I need the whole plate to share. I need to pack a plate to take home. Right. And so pack your plate. So if you're going to share something, make sure it's jam packed with the things that you want to know, that you want me to know, to share on your behalf, jam pack it and remove the fluff words, like keep the ands and, you know, it would be great and all of these things out. Like really, I, I say you want to compact your message. You want it to be boom, 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 like fireworks in someone's brain so that when they leave, they're on fire and they're ready to go and find you your next client. That's so good. So you really... I feel like you're one of the fortunate people who have really been able to tap into their calling. It feels like a calling or a vocation for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it really, it really was. I think one of the best things that I did for myself was take time to figure out what that was. When I, you know, I wrote out my, like everything and it was just like, it was fireworks for me when I wrote it out and I was like, oh, you, you connected, you know, your kindergarten neighbor you, you ushered him back home like you did this and you you made all these connections in in middle school that you still have you have friends for 20 plus years you've been able to have um job opportunities without applying like you've done all these things how did that stuff happen for you how and it really was i've always been the girl to articulate my needs tell people exactly what I'm looking for. I've always chased my interest. So I've always been like interested in the things that I'm interested in and curious to know more about them. So I've it's led me to opportunities to do um, many different things. Like as a preschool teacher for five years, I worked as a barista. I was, uh, uh, I sold wedding dresses for a little while. I, sold cell phones for a little while. I was an arbitrator. So I've done a lot of different jobs. I was data entry for a little while. Um, I did debt consolidation for a little while. Like I've done a lot of things. And all of these opportunities came to me, not because I have an educational background in any of these things. I never went to school for hospitality or arbitration. It's just curiosity and the articulation of what I was looking for in my career that led me to a space where people are like, you got the job, fill out the application. <laughs> what do you want your legacy to be? Um, I would love people to, to find value in others. And if anybody said anything about me after I'm gone, I would, I would love to hear that, you know, Talisha really pushed for people to see the value of people and, and really, um, really own the fact that people are our most valuable asset. They really are. And when we start to value people and find the value in people, life just starts to expand. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would love that to be the legacy that I leave once I'm gone. And, and also for my kids, like I'm doing this primarily for my children when I saw that young boy and he was going to this marketing job fair and I'm like man you're just diluting yourself like why are you dumbing down yourself and it's because of the acceptance of what's what's normal and what's possible 
And my, I want my kids to, to understand that anything's possible. And when you're able to articulate your needs and, and chase your interests, you will get everything that you want. But we have to make a world that is equipped for that type of activity. You know, we have to have a world that is welcoming to that kind of energy. And I really think that we're headed in that direction, but we have so much more work to do. Yes. Okay, Talisha, we have some rapid fire questions that we asked to all of our guests. Are you ready? (laughs) If you could sit down and have a conversation with one woman, living or dead, who would you want to sit down with? Oprah. Yes. Can I come? Well, I would want to interview her. I always said, like, I don't want her to interview me. I want to, like, I'm so curious. Like, I just want to ask her a million questions. Right? Wouldn't that be amazing? One day she's going to hear all of my podcasts and she's going to be, let's do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I We're manifesting that for you. Yeah. What is your go-to well-being or self-care practice? Ooh, sleep. Yeah. I like to sleep. Favorite book or podcast recommendation? Book. I think uh, the Chris Jenner memoir was such a good book. And especially for women who are managing a family and trying to be a boss. Wow. That book was amazing. Like, I think that's probably the one that I would, I would read again. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. What does sisterhood mean to you? Mm. Loyalty. Mm. Yeah. Last one. What advice would you give to your 16 year old self? 16. Uh, I think at 16, and it's crazy that you picked that age because my son is just creeping at 16. So I'm like, what did I just tell him to do? And I think really, I think I would tell myself to really chase my interests and don't let other people talk me out of it. Right. Um, I, I go, I think back to my high school years and I'm like, man, if I was really, really chasing my interests, where would I be right now? I really loved art. I really loved to draw. I was always curious and through life, I think that that passion kind of got dumbed down because people are like, oh, you'll never make money drawing. You'll never make a career out of this stuff. But I think in today's life, everything is possible. And even then, everything was possible. So I think if I was to tell my 16-year-old self anything, it would be just follow your interests and see where it leads you. Great advice. Mm-hmm. Talisha, can you tell everyone where they can find you if they want to know more? Oh, yay. You know, where I hang out the most, I have three hot spots. So I hang out on Instagram. I love Instagram. So that's at the underscore official underscore glue. And then you can find me on LinkedIn if you want to have some real corporate talk. I'm over there just chatting away too. So that you can just type my name in, Talisha Joseph. And I love hanging out on Clubhouse. So you can always tap into me on Clubhouse at the official glue. I actually have a club on Clubhouse. So you can join us for many conversations underneath the official glue club umbrella. Thank you so much for being here, Talisha. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Thanks for listening, friends. If you like what you've heard, subscribe and recommend us to a friend. 
Head to winewomenwellbeing.com to find out more about what our community is all about and reach out to us on social media. We'd love to connect. Until next time, stay classy, stay kind.